Free game. What's good, bro? Welcome to another episode of the Free Game Friday podcast. I'm your host, Jay Don. This week, we're talking real estate with real estate agent, Gabe Peretta. Let's hop right into it. Gabe, can you give my audience a quick intro into who you are and what you do? Yes, sir. So like you said, my name is Gabe Peretta. Uh, I'm with Remax Dynasty out here in Southern California. Um, I typically specialize in buyers and sellers, uh, just kind of, you know, relocation services, stuff like that, investments, uh, multiple properties, stuff like that. Nice. So I know you're in the California market um, and I know it can be kind of competitive out there. And I know it kind of scares a lot of people away from even looking to become an agent in a market like that. Can you kind of get the audience an idea of what even drove you to want to become an agent? Well, you know, you and I kind of go way back to to the Nebraska days for sure. You know, right. uh, going to school out there and, uh, you know, the whole traditional route of getting your degree and stuff. Not to say you shouldn't go to school. You definitely should. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I graduated, uh, got an internship, started to, uh, work the, the nine to five life and just the cube life, I guess you can say. And I actually worked for, a um, and more like an agricultural real estate company out there in Nebraska. And I just kept seeing, um, all the real estate agents out there just crushing it, making all these paychecks and, and just kind of like throwing me some crumbs every now and then, like giving me like a $20 gift card to Starbucks for like helping them get that listing or stuff like that. And I was just on the back end and my brother-in-law um, who obviously lives out here, he's been asking me to, he had been asking me to come out there and make the move and join him. He had been a real estate agent for a while, very successful. Um, one day I just kind of got, you know, fed up with my job and I saw kind of where the market was going for jobs out in Omaha. And I took a leap of faith, man. I packed, I packed everything in my truck. I didn't really take a whole lot. Um, made the jump to California, drove all the way out there. And just from day one, just started grinding. And uh, I guess the reason I really started was, you know, I could say, you know, the freedom and stuff like that. But if, if you're a really busy real estate agent, there isn't that much freedom, to be honest with you. And, you know, they say you can make your own schedule and stuff. You can, but you're still at the mercy of your clients. You know, they they want to see property on weekends. And those, those are the times that you want to relax. But at the same time, that's when they want to go see property. And uh, just, you know, like I said, just trying to build my own, my own thing. I always kind of had like a desire to be somewhat of a business owner. I knew I always had like that fire to just grind and, and, and work. And I didn't really see that at my other job. You, can, you know, I had really no room of growth. And being in real estate, sky's the limit, man. I've always said this is like the ultimate hustler's game. If you can have that hustle in you and um, just that desire, that fire to to make to make money, um, yeah. this is the business, man. This is definitely it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. You kind of control your own destiny in some ways. Um, and like you said, you don't really get that with a traditional nine to five. And there's no knock on the nine, nine to five. But like you said, like no, knowing, yourself, knowing yourself, you kind of knew you kind of um, wanted something more control, being able to be in control of your own destiny. Um, what When Absolutely. you got to California, like what's, what's some of the steps you took to even get licensed and stuff like that? Did you like go to school or something like that? Or were you already in the process before you got there? No, man, I came as, as green as can be, man. Like um, being originally from California, but not Southern California. So I didn't really 
you know, I, I had visited, you know, my sister, Mary, who I'm talking about, my brother-in-law, um, I would visit, you know, every summer, stay out there for like a week or two. But I was just, you know, doing the vacation life. I wasn't really like, you know, paying attention to the freeways and all that stuff and how big LA actually is. So when I first moved out here, it was definitely, it was tough just learning, learning the areas, learning the demographics, uh, learning, you know, what city specific, uh, different cities have different things when it comes to making offers. Um, but at first I just kind of started off right from the beginning. I, I was kind of like an assistant to my brother-in-law. I wasn't licensed yet, so I couldn't do a lot of the licensed things that needed to be done, but I definitely learned a lot during those like six to eight months before I finally got licensed. Um, as it's compared to like somebody who just gets licensed and then, you know, okay, well I just got licensed. Now what? But when I got licensed, I already like kind of knew the game a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I knew how to prospect. I knew, you know, more or less what it took to qualify for a home loan. Um, you know, I knew more or less how to list a property, stuff like that. So not, you know, I hadn't had one under my belt yet, but as compared to somebody who just got licensed with no experience, I was definitely already ahead of the curve there. So that allowed me to grow to grow a lot faster. And that's kind of like, that's definitely something I recommend to anybody who's looking to be a real estate agent is find somebody that will basically allow you to shadow them. Like, just somebody who you can just ask questions. You're just a sponge, man. Just ask as many questions as you can. You know, if they allow you to go to listing appointments with you, uh, if they allow you to go to, you know, showings or open houses, anything that they allow you to do just so you can learn. Because, you know, the, the real estate exam, you maybe apply like 10% of it on the uh, in the real world. So right. I feel like the real, like experience comes with just closing deals because every deal is different every deal you learn something new as well every client's different every home's different so it's really hard to it's not it's definitely no cookie cutter type of situation with everybody it's it's dealing with people's personalities and emotions yeah. all that stuff is way more important than any of the stuff you learn in the books for sure man i think you spot on uh personally on uh because you know i'm on the investor side but i also right. i was in the process of getting licensed when i first was starting off as an investor um and during that process of like juggling both i kind of realized i didn't want to get licensed for some of the reasons that you said um because i kind of realized those things aren't for me like you said you got to deal with you got to every deal is different every person is different you got to your schedule kind of fluctuates depending on your clients and whatnot um and so i think that's that's some good points but you also said something that i think that was really important um that anybody can take something from no matter what industry they're in and that's like learning on somebody else's dime or learning up under somebody. Can you kind of speak about some of the things? I know you kind of went over them a little bit, but some of the things that you were able to learn with coming up under somebody, um, like as far as prospecting, um, like what were some of the tactics that you might have learned or some of the things you might have saw before you even decided to move forward with the getting licensed? Yeah, um, definitely. So I started in 2015. Um and back then, not to say Instagram or Facebook and all that stuff wasn't, you know, available, but it definitely, for me at least, it definitely wasn't as popular, I think, as it is now. So when I first started, those tactics weren't really like on, on you know, on the horizon. It was more the old school tactics. I would just door knock, 
do I started actually doing cold calling my first thing and I can I curse on here <laughs> no you good yeah you good bro <laughs> I fucking hated cold calling I hated it that's like my least favorite thing I did it for like three months straight now I can't deny it my first deal ever came from a cold call so I, I, it does work as long as you anything works as long as you stay consistent with it but I hated cold calling um so I started door knocking like crazy uh open houses like crazy like my first two years I was doing like 100 open houses a year just like I used to I used to door knock from like 10 in the morning to like 12 30 get my open house signs and set up shop at an open house from like two to like six like every day just prospecting just trying to get as many buyers and sellers as possible um and then I kind of pivoted towards like mailers when I started to make closing more deals started doing mailers stuff like that I didn't really have that much success in the mailers but I know they work but obviously it's more of a financial cost yeah started doing stuff like buying Zillow leads I did that how for like that? a year how is Zillow? How 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 have you seen good results with Zillow leads? Nah, not really. I mean, okay. I, I don't do it anymore. So like, don't get me wrong. My first year doing Zillow, I closed like three deals off of Zillow, but I was paying a lot of money for for leads. Yeah, like I wouldn't. I mean, I still came up on it, but right. If if you kind of like sit there and break down, um, just like how much you you I spent per transaction per time I spent yeah not doing a deal like I guess like your your um what am I trying to say like your return on my investment yeah return of, okay was not was not like super efficient because I spent so much time with uh bad Zillow leads in comparison to good Zillow leads that it was kind of like well shit I probably should have just kept doing open houses I would have met as many people as I did now but mm -hmm. and then like with Zillow they they what they do is they call you so like you have to drop what you're doing like if you're you know doing something at a party at church or whatever yeah. but if Zillow calls you you have to answer or they like kind of like strike it against you like hey your your answering conversion is not great so mm -hmm. you're kind of like your the algorithm kind of like puts you to the bottom but if you answer all the time then they're obviously like okay this guy's more prone to answering but yeah um, so I did Zillow stuff like that, but now honestly, like you've seen in my profile, like I've actually pivoted big time to just straight up social media. Like mm -hmm. social media is the now, the future, whatever you want to call it. It's yeah, it's, I've been a big believer about it until like last year when I started to kind of investing time into it, and I started mm -hmm. getting people DMing me like, "Hey man, I like your profile. Um, I need to get pre-approved. What's the first step?" And I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah, people cool. really want to you know meet me people really want to work with me just through social media yeah and that's and so it's crazy it's, that you say that because i remember you dm'd me like a year ago or maybe two years ago and you said you were getting your logo and stuff like that going because you're getting ready to pivot so it's good not to cut you off but uh, it just kind of popped in my head um it's good to hear that that pivot kind of worked out for you um absolutely kind of, are you seeing a lot of success from that now oh yeah yeah like i was just talking to a friend of mine and I'm not like 100% only social media because I do believe that you still need to have different streams of uh, prospecting. You know, like I've kind of like, like this week I'm doing an open house. Um, I am doing mailers, uh, stuff like that still kind of working, you know, around the behind the scenes. But uh, definitely 
like all of my leads are coming. The majority of my leads are still coming from social media. Like just people gotcha. DMing me all the time. Hey, I like that house. When can I go see it? Now it's a numbers game, just like any other thing. Most people mm -hmm. don't qualify to even buy a home, but I'm still getting reach outs. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, as opposed to when I wasn't doing social media, I was getting zero reach outs. So now it's, like I said, it's a numbers game. So one day yeah. I might hit that one where they're like, you know, I'm super qualified and I'm ready to look at properties. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Are you um on social media? Are you doing sponsored ads? Are you hashtagging or what's your tactic on social media? Um, you know, I, I probably, and that's the next thing I need to graduate to. I know the next level for me to grow my brand even bigger is to actually make more videos of my, of my face, you know, me yeah. talking into the camera. A lot of my videos are home tours, um, different aspects of homes, different information I put out there, but small percentage of my videos have my face in it. And it's it's I know it's something I need to do. It's mm -hmm. a, it's a fear of mine that I need to get over. I guess you can say because otherwise, why wouldn't I be doing it? Right. Um, obviously, something I need to. But at the same time, it's also, and this is me at fault. I'll, I'll I'll admit this to you. Like when I'm having success without doing it, it's hard to actually want to do it. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah, definitely understand. It's like, but I know it's, it's the broke. next step. I definitely know it's the next step, though. Yeah. You um, so you're not spending any money as far as it goes for like uh putting like say for instance you post a reel you're not sponsored like putting money behind them at all. Nothing. Wow, that's Nothing amazing. That's amazing. Um, because if you put just imagine if you did put like even five dollars a day behind the video, not to get off topic, but I'm just thinking because there's a lot of agents in my market who are using sponsor ads and stuff like that, and they're not getting the conversions as much as it sounds like you are. Um. So that that says a lot about the content, like the the really the good the good from your the content that you're putting out. Um, so salute to you on that, for real. I don't um, even I don't even know what that is. Is it like like a boost? You mean? Yeah, like when you boost your post. Um, oh yeah, no. Um, I think I did it like once or twice back in the day before mm -hmm. I I pivoted to just social media and. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I think I like I got discouraged one time because they made it so hard for me. Like, I think Instagram kept saying, um, like, my video didn't meet the criteria to get boosted or something like oh, that. Oh, OK. So I'm like, you know what? Screw this. Like, yeah, I'm not even going to bother. I don't want to spend the money on it anyway. So whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and then just to kind of, you know, touch on what you said about my my the type of videos that I post. I don't know if other agents that you speak to, but um I've learned and I've seen on other people's videos too that I follow, like people who do kind of what I do, like I do my home tours. That's predominantly the main source of my of my view, my viewership. But if you post like a video, an informational video of like, I don't know, like what's an appraisal? Like you can go into detail what an appraisal is. Mm -hmm. That video will get like a quarter of the of the views if you post like this badass house, flip property, nice neighborhood. People just want to see homes. They just want to see what's out there. They want to see the prices, even if mm -hmm. it's good or bad. Like I don't put the price on most of my homes um, for that same reason. I learned people love to complain about something. So either you put the, you, you don't post the video or the price. I mean, people complain you don't put the price. Yeah. <laughs> when I post the price, people complain about the price. 
So it's like, what do you guys want? But where I'm going with this is like those home tours is kind of why I started to not, I, I haven't really focused too much on my face, face to face stuff because there's almost no greater, uh, how do I put it? Like those videos get so much more viewership than, than the other ones do. And it's kind of yeah. sad. To be honest with you. Yeah. You would think it would be opposite because you're educating. Um, exactly. And I see it in other people's like, oh, some people will post a video of a house, they'll get 20,000 views. And then you, you post a video of something informational, it'll get 2000 views. Yeah. I was like, don't you think the information is more important than a fancy right. kitchen? But <laughs> right. Yeah. Speaking of information, I know you've kind of at the beginning of the podcast, you said you, uh, for the most part, represent just buyers and sellers. Um, what's something like speaking of buyers on the buyer side, what's some things that before you take a client or after you take a client, what's some of the like, do they have a punch list that you provide them um, or like a certain to do list? Like maybe you need to get um, approved or like, can you kind of break down some of those steps? Um, you don't have to go too deep, but just so the, the listeners should kind of get an idea. Maybe, maybe they're going to be looking to buy a house soon, or maybe they're becoming an agent and kind of need to have an idea of that. Yeah. I mean, I get so many people on my social media, on my Instagram, reach out to me on my, like I was, like I was saying on my home tour videos, wanting to go like, they want to go see it like now they'll text me. Hey, when can I see this? But the first question that I ask them is, have you been pre-approved? And if they haven't been pre-approved, then I'm not going to waste my time to go show them the property. And um, if they say like, oh, I'm working on it or, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I haven't yet or something like that, then I ask them, OK, well, are you ready to get pre-approved? Like, are you serious about it? And if they're not serious about it, then that's it's like it's a dead, a dead lead. But yeah. um, but if they are, you know, I ask them like, OK, well, um, what's your credit score? What's how much debt do you have a month? Uh, how much do you make a month? Do you have any money saved up for closing costs? And unless they meet a few of those criterias, I really don't. I mean, I always I always recommend them getting pre-approved because even if they don't qualify now, um, if you're working with a good loan officer, they could definitely guide that buyer into like, OK, you're not ready today. But in six months, if you work on X, Y, Z, you will be ready to qualify. But you have to be disciplined in order to you know pay off debt save money all that stuff um but kind of like i was getting back to it if if they don't want to take that step into getting pre-approved then it's, yeah i knew they weren't motivated to begin with yeah and i think that's a good point because you don't want your time wasted um and there that's it's kind of a waste of time um like you said if you're not pre-approved i know personally before i bought my first house I kept running into that with different agents. They, I kept wanting to see houses and they say, oh, are you pre-approved? And I thought it was, <laughs> I was getting offended. But then on the, back end, no. <laughs> <laughs> on the back end, it was like, I understand now um, because I'm like, I'm implanted in the industry as yourself, as you are as well. And so I get it. Um, so I think that's a good point. It's like, don't, I wouldn't reach out to any agents about any properties until like you're pre-approved, like you said, and ready to buy. Um, and if you get like a savvy, like a savvy seller, like that knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. I've had sellers that say, don't, I don't want any showings to non pre-approved buyers. Like right. even like, even like appointments, like not, mm -hmm. not just open houses, but they, they want to like see their, their financials before they even show the property. Cause I don't want to waste their time. And yeah. And that makes sense. Honestly, that's probably the right way to do it. Yeah, definitely in the competitive market. Um, sure. 
Speaking of buyers and sellers, can you kind of give the listeners the idea of a typical day for you when you are working? Like what it looks like? Maybe you, you can go as deep as you want to go or um, just give them kind of an idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, typically, um, I get to the office around like 30, 9 o'clock. I'm a big office person. I can't, I can't work from home. I can't do it. Even I got a taste of it during the pandemic and that was brutal. I can't do that. So, um, <laughs> definitely have my own office here at, at, at my broker's place. Um, kind of just set up my morning. I see what I have to do. Um, I like what I like, you know, I do a lot of those home chores, like I'm saying, like I was saying to you. So I typically try to do like three or four in one day so I can kind of like do one for the rest of the week. But uh, but if there's no inventory out there to post, then I just kind of have to just do one or two. And, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the morning I kind of focus on the problems of yesterday. Like if there's some late night issues or emails, I try to handle those as early as possible. Um, prospecting though, you have to, you know, my prospecting has been literally on my phone all day long. So I typically try to answer all the DMS I get, all the messages I get, um, as early as possible. And like I said, around like, 10, 11, I'll probably hop on, like, I'll, I'll probably just go get, get my car and start shooting some homes, um, get back to the office, start editing those videos and get them ready to be posted that same week. Um, and then after that, it's just kind of just answering calls and emails. Like, um, mm -hmm. I, I, my, my, my son's babysitter gets, uh, um, I have to relieve her at like four o'clock. So I have to be home around that time. Mm-hmm. I'm always with my phone, my laptop. I'm always answering calls all day long. My wife gets home around four, four thirty. So when she's home, if I have to do, if I have to get back on the road, I have to, I have, you know, I just take off and I have an appointment at night. But other than that, I'll, that's, I don't usually go back to the office after I, after I'm home with my son, but, uh, mm -hmm. definitely, uh, the phone rings till eight thirty nine o'clock, you know, daily. Yeah. So. I, it's it's like it's hard to turn it off it's always yeah hard, so. and I think that's one of the biggest challenges um for just our industry in general and definitely with being an agent because you're so important to every transaction um can you kind of speak to because I know that's only one of the challenges I know you guys have a bazillion challenges some that I don't know maybe my listeners don't know can you kind of speak to some of the challenges or some of the stuff that you didn't know coming into the industry that you wish you would have maybe knew about as far as it goes which with the challenges uh challenges i guess you can say that you know more of a financial challenge is you know every year you have to reinvent yourself i feel like every year no year is the same in a in a commission based industry you can try to plan as much as you want have these goals but if uh things don't go your way for whatever reason it's it's you know it's it's you have to be try to stay as encouraged as possible because it's easy to get discouraged I, that's kind of like one of the things that I struggled with in the beginning was like just it's it's hard to generate clients like it's especially it's it's easy to generate friend and friends and family referrals mm -hmm. but when you're dealing with complete strangers that they're trusting you with either selling their home or they're about to deposit a chunk of a big chunk of cash into buying a house. Like they have to really trust you. And that takes energy on your end to be able to kind of transfer that energy to them in terms of like trusting you. It's, it's a big, obviously trust game. So I'd say probably one of the more of the challenges was just to be just staying consistent, trying to get, you know, trying to get those deals closed every year. And, um, 
just like I said, it's it's a big mental mental uh, challenge. Like mm-hmm. I said, uh, people get discouraged. I see people in my office all the time, like, man, I haven't closed a deal in such and such time. But then I ask them, like, okay, well, what have you been doing? Uh, nothing, you know, phone <laughs> to ring. And it's like, well, that's definitely not going to get you anywhere. You need to definitely, if you're a real estate agent, you should be prospecting every single day, every yeah. day. Because if you don't, then you're going to, you're going to be hurting in about two to three months for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a good point because I think a lot of people don't realize when you get into the industry, um, right, well, anything, I think marketing wise, you usually don't get paid for 90 days. And so I think it's important that you, what you just said was that two to three months is when you kind of feel what you did today. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a great point about prospecting um, and, and knowing that what you do today is going to really show you and pay you back in 90 days. Um, that's a good point. What's some of the rewarding pieces? I know you kind of spoke to some of it earlier, but what you, what would you say the most rewarding piece to your job um, or being an agent is? I mean, definitely, I guess the cliche answers, you know, the families that I help, that's, that goes without being said, just, you know, I've met so many great people, um, friends, like I, some of them I consider my friend now, some clients that I would have never met if it weren't for this job. Um, and then obviously just what real estate provides for me and my family, you know, uh, kind of what we talked about in one of the first questions, sky's the limit. I mm-hmm. don't know if, you know, working a nine to five job, I could have been able to even afford to be out here or even uh, afford to buy my home or just, you know, just to be, just real estate provides so many uh, different streams of revenue with, you know, with with rental property and managing property or just flipping property sales in general like there's so many avenues to make money with real estate and um definitely would not have reached some of my financial goals or life goals if it weren't for this job this industry so i Mm -hmm. i basically owe it all to real estate i owe it all to the people that were there in the beginning that that helped me grow fast that helped me that, that taught me the ins and outs the little intricacies that it takes to you know talk to certain people like okay you need to do this and that and uh just certain little little things that that you wouldn't learn unless you talk to like a vet and stuff like that and yeah i'm really grateful to the people that that taught me a lot along the way as well mm-hmm. and that's that's um you're definitely like you said you're a product of the people that kind of helped you um as well as like you said early in the podcast the work that you put in and stuff like that um and I know you've kind of spoke about the things that real estate have done has done for you and like finding the industry has kind of afforded you to live a lifestyle that you and your family wish for and uh, being able to afford uh, to buy a house that you and your family um, love, obviously. And I know, you, did you source the house that you bought? Uh, I know you, you guys, didn't you guys buy that one and rehab it and stuff like that as well? Yeah, we bought, we bought a bit of a fixer when we bought our home. Um, you know, it was, it was during the, the, kind of the peak of the market i guess you can say but um 2021 mm-hmm. and yeah it needed to be we gutted it basically we 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 fixed the kitchens bathrooms floors uh it had good bones though it didn't really touch much like didn't really have to deal with like the plumbing electrical or the roof or foundation oh, or like the had it had central ac to begin with like a newer system but it was just super outdated it was just like mm-hmm. a it was like an old couple that lived there but they just had some pride of ownership and uh, just didn't really update the house, but definitely happy 
with the home that we got and yeah. definitely wouldn't, if it weren't for real estate, um, probably would have never been able to afford a home. Like I said, cause I see yeah. it every day. I see people that I see people that have great jobs, but for whatever reason, they're bad savers or big spenders and they just don't have the cash and, and they, and they just can't buy a home. And yeah, glad that real estate has allowed that for me to buy my place. Right. And I think that's, that's one of the, the perks of being in the industry. Um, that's definitely one of the perks. If there's somebody out there, that might be looking to get in the industry, do exactly what you do. Um, what's some tips you would give them or what, what road or blueprint would you recommend them to take to get there? Um, kind of like I spoke about, like I said, the the whole just knowing somebody. Like I had uh, a friend of mine back in Nebraska reach out to me and ask me the same thing because he just, he just got licensed. I didn't even know he was getting his license. I, I had no idea. And I told him the same thing. I said, just join a broker that, that you feel you have support, like somebody that you know you can go to because I see it every day here in my office. You get these new agents that just joined this broker because, or any other broker because maybe they thought it was a good fit. But at the same time, you know, everybody here is working on their own, their own thing. So mm -hmm. if you don't have anybody you can ask questions to like, okay, okay, like, how do I, what's this document about? Or how do I fill this out? Or this person just called and told me this, how do I, how do I respond to that? Like, if you don't have anybody like that in your office, then it's really tough to, to grow. So where I'm going with this is just, I'd say, make sure you have some definitely like six to eight months of money saved up because it takes time it takes time to to learn the business and to like actually feel comfortable to to do deals on your own or even your first paycheck do that um and then if you're really serious just go all in go all don't don't try to part time it don't all oh, well, I'll have my job my 9 to 5 job but then I'll do it on you know at night or I'll do it on the weekends like mm -hmm. this job is hard enough as it is full time i think because it's ever changing. There's new disclosures, new documents, new laws. And if you're not at the office every day and trying to keep up with it, like that can really bite you in the ass down the road. So yeah. I would say just have that money reserved and just find somebody that will allow you to be like their apprentice, just like a mentor. You need that's I can't I can't like stress how important that was for me. Just mm -hmm. going coming into this uh, to the industry and uh, having kind of like a unofficial team that i was with but they were cool enough to basically hold my hand they did they yeah did a lot of and i think those is good points it's all about like you said surrounding yourself with the right broker with the right team i should say and that comes with the broker um i think a lot of people that i've seen get licensed and stuff like that they go they try to find a big like the biggest name broker in the in the city or the metroplex um, right. and that's kind of their downfall because they don't have, sometimes they don't have that support and stuff in place like you spoke to. So I think those are, um, really good points. I got to yeah, a team. I mean, a team, there's a lot of teams out there now. It's kind of like the new, the new trend in real estate is, you know, the, the such and such team or mm -hmm. this, this fancy team. Um, but with the team, you know, it's, you're going to pay for it in the, in the splits cause they take a big chunk of your money. But you don't have to do it forever. You just have to kind of just weather the storm at the beginning and and get that experience, you know, that that a team provides you. They, they'll give you, you know, it's a team. So they'll let you host open houses with them. They'll, mm -hmm. They got buyers that, you know, hey, I'm busy this weekend. Can you work this buyer with me or 
stuff like that. But if you're on your own, you're not going to get any of that stuff. You know, it takes, it takes yeah. a long time to have the confidence to show up to someone's house and, and interview for a listing. Yeah. And that's a good point. If I, if I dropped you off on a new market and you didn't have much money and you had to like start from zero, what would be your, like, what would be five steps you would take or five things you would do? Like, what do you mean? Like if, uh, like if I were to move back to Nebraska or something? Yeah. Like if you move, no, let's say, cause you're from Nebraska. Well, you're not from there, but you lived there. Let's say I dropped you off in, um, let's think of another big market, Phoenix, Arizona. You just okay. got licensed in Phoenix. Um, you had maybe $2,500 to your name and you needed to get started as an agent. What, what are some of the steps you would take? And this is me, me, no real estate experience prior, you're saying? Or no, this I, is you knowing what you know now. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely. Just like I said, I would definitely uh, interview with some teams. Like I would just, because like I said, if, if you don't have any support, then you're, you're I, I, my personal opinion, you're going to probably fail because um, you have no guidance. You have no accountability. You have none of that stuff. You can, especially accountability is such a big one for me in the beginning. Like my team um they held me to a high standard like my my brother-in-law was was no joke like he would just ask me like hey what are you doing this weekend oh well uh nothing i didn't find an open house and he's like do you think you have the luxury to not do an open house this weekend and i'm like uh no i guess not but he'd be like well did you call people in the office uh yeah but they didn't have any okay well did you call the mls did you call random agents like you don't have the luxury to just hang out over the weekend you're, yeah. you're broke you have no money you have no deals like and if you don't have somebody like that like or unless you're self-motivated but if most people aren't then right. it's, it's really tough so to answer the question definitely join a team i can't even if you're even if you have a crappy split just Deal with it for the first year or two if you can survive with it uh, and then just branch off. Just be like, hey, you know what? I think I can do this on my own. I want to, you know, be able to financially take on more of the commission. Um, thank you for your time. No hard feelings, but I'm out. Like, that's yeah. for sure what I would do first first thing. Yeah, I like that. And um, you keep, you keep speaking to splits and stuff like that. What's some things that people might want to look into before deciding on a broker? Um, because I know... Like you said, there's different splits, there's different commission breakdowns with different brokers, um, different fees like that. Can you kind of speak to maybe some things people should know before signing with a brokerage um, and stuff like that? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely. So kind of like piggybacking off the last question, it's it's if you go there, there's definitely different types of brokers out there. There's the big names, Remax, E21, Cole Banker. I don't know what other big ones are out there with you, but. Um, Killer they, on the other one. Think they're definitely going to take if you're a newer agent they're going to take a good chunk of your money you're probably going to start off like a 70 30 or something like that 70 to you 30 to them plus other fees like franchise fees and transaction coordinator fees um eno insurance stuff like that um but i think those are beneficial like i said because of what they provide which are like you know, the ability to have teams, um, some training, and then overall, just the name. That's kind of why I stuck with Remax for such a long time, even though I know it's not the cheapest one out there to be with. 
Um, but I do like the the name behind it. Like, okay, you know, Gabe's with Remax. Okay, Remax, reputable company. Mm-hmm. I know who they are, as opposed to like, you know, some random, you know, Bill's real estate company who, who nobody knows about. They're just, they don't even have an office. It's all remote. Mm-hmm. Like, not to say you can't do it, but like, it's just more reputable. Reputable. You're going to pay for it in the split in the beginning. But like I said, you got to pay your dues. I, I see that all the time with agents that come in newer agents in my office they come in and they're like man you're set like i want to do what you're doing and i'm mm-hmm. like you have no idea what it took for me to get here though like yeah you put in the I work paid my dues like first three years i was starving i was i was broke i was still broke i was tar- i was just trying to i was still trying to decide if i was going to make it what kind of got you through you think mentally through those barriers was it seeing your brother-in-law be successful still or was it like something that was because you had to have some fire in you to make you keep going during that three year period? Um, yeah, definitely. He helped a lot as um, but also I just I just saw things like I saw out here in well, you're in Texas, you have a, a large Hispanic community as well. But being mm-hmm. Hispanic out here myself and just dealing with a lot of other agents and stuff, man, I I, I would just see sound like rude or anything, but I would see real estate agents that barely even spoke English, man. Mm-hmm. And they were killing it, like crushing it, just deals after deals. And I'd be like, and I would sit there and kind of contemplate myself like, like, man, like I'm, I can speak English, Spanish. I'm educated. Like I'm young. I have energy. I have zero reasons not to succeed. Zero. Yeah. These guys are over here crushing it. They get the, the way they write addendums, like their grammar is terrible. Like mm-hmm. you can barely understand what they're writing. But who cares? They're fucking killing it. Like, and that's kind of what like opened up my eyes. Like, like, like you have zero excuse, man. You have zero yeah. excuse. You have all the tools to be successful. And and that and that's when I just needed to uh apply my my grind, my hustle to what I already knew. And that's kind of when I started to see, like, okay, yeah, I think I can do this. Like, you know, yeah. I, was, I was closing deals on my own. I didn't have that umbrella, like I didn't have that that. Cause like when I first started, my my brother in law, he kind of we went fifty fifty like on all the deals because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, and that's kind of like why I tell, why I keep telling you for this podcast, like join, talk to somebody that that will let you do that, and then they'll go fifty fifty on you. But because if otherwise, if fifty fifty is better than nothing, you're not if you right. don't know what you're doing. You're <laughs> so, but yeah, definitely, um, definitely some struggles in the beginning, but. Like I said, if you just stay persistent and try to get through the tough days, because you're going to get a lot of tough days. Those are the ones that people don't see on social media when when you feel like you're doing great. And then all of a sudden, you know, deals cancel or mm-hmm. shit hits the fan and you're like, oh, shit, that commission I was really hoping to get. All of a sudden, that's looking like it's on a lifeline right now. I might not even get that. Like, those are the days yeah. where you're like, fuck, like. Yeah, maybe maybe that nine to five job does sound better, but <laughs> at the end of the day, you remind yourself why you first started, mm-hmm. and you just kind of power through those days. Yeah, and I think those are some good points, and I like that you pointed out that you've seen other agents succeeding that had that might have been less educated than you, might have just been less. And I'm not gonna say less than you because we're all equal, obviously, but um, exactly, you use them as motivation because some people would have used that and like took a negative, <laughs> like oh. Like in the hater way, you know what I mean? So I like that you pointed that out, but you used it as positive motivation. Like, if they can do it, I can do it too. Uh, so definitely not, salute not, you for not that. Not just that one, but another big one was when I first started, 
Um, I started with a couple of guys around my age mm -hmm. and we started like the same day. I had just moved to California, like back to SoCal and like, like I was like a week, a week into like being here. And I got super discouraged when I saw that people who grew up here, went to high school, college, their whole, whole sphere of influence, everything was here. They were getting referral. They were getting like friends and family. Like, Hey, my cousin wants to buy. Hey, my friend wants to buy mm -hmm. my buddy from high school, my buddy from college. And I get discouraged because I'm like, fuck, I don't have any of that out here. Like, yeah. I'm just starting from the ground up, just straight cold. And that was discouraging. But at the same time, it, once again, I feel like it helped me grow faster because I, I learned to deal with strangers from the beginning. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't learn to deal with family and friends. So I, I learned how to work with strangers. And I felt like that kind of also helped me grow faster because I wasn't just relying on friends and family. Yeah. And it's, it's also helped you be more sustainable. Um, yeah, everything is like everything you said at the beginning of the podcast is the reason why you are who you are now, as far as like your presence go, because you put down the, you, you picked up the phone with was cold calling you door knocked, you went to the open houses, you had the late nights, the weekends and stuff like that. Um, so I definitely, definitely, I, you know, I already, I have the utmost respect for you as an agent because I see, I know the ins and outs of the game and I, I see you um, continue to build yourself from afar. Um, so I definitely salute you on that. Um, I appreciate it, man. You too, man. <laughs> yeah, I thank see what you. you're doing too. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, but we kind of reached the end of the podcast and I ask every guest that I bring on here to leave my audience with some free game. Um, what's some free game you like to leave the audience with? It could be something on a personal, from a personal standpoint, or it could be something real estate related. I would probably just say like, kind of like I said earlier about if you are really interested in doing real estate, if it's something that you really want to do, go, go a hundred percent in on it. Don't, don't have, like I said, don't half-ass it. Don't, don't say, oh yeah, I'm going to get my license and, um, I'll work my other job while I'm trying to do it. Like, don't, don't do it. Like if you're a hundred percent committed to doing it, be a hundred percent committed. Cause it's the quickest, fastest way. I wish I would have probably moved here when I was like 18, 19. Like yeah. I wish I would have done that, but I was, you know, I didn't know better. I just, uh, I, I you know, went to the traditional route of going through college and stuff. And, uh, but if I would have realized that I would have just gotten licensed even in Nebraska, just like, even, even like, I mean, you and I go way back. Like, even if right. I would have just taken some of that money that we made back when we were working at Kellogg's and just put it down on a house, man, how different would our life? Be? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> exactly. Like, even if you would have, even if you or I would have just sold it, like when we yeah. moved, or even if we would have kept it as a rental, like yeah, you'd be hundred. Like we bought we bought cars and done did dumb stuff. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but, basically that's that's basically it. Just just. Don't half-ass it. Just just go all in if you're if you want to do it, and just surround yourself with the right people, save your money, and if you have the desire and the grind for it, you're gonna do great. You're gonna do fine. That's that's. There's no way you're gonna fail if you have that desire. Yeah, I like that. And I, I agree 100 percent with that. I think a lot of because you even like if you know so everybody knows an agent, but nobody really knows a lot of full-time agents. Um, so I, I like that you pointed that out because. I see personally, I see a lot of people on social media and stuff like that getting licensed, but they still have a day job. And then the next thing you know, they're just, they're licensed, but they're not carrying a license after a year. You know what I mean? Um, because they it's didn't, tough. yeah, 
because it's a yeah. tough industry. And if you go, like you said, you go 50% into as an agent, then you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. So I think that was a great point. Absolutely. I mean, you're, like you said, 50% in, you're going to give 50% out. I mean, there's, there's just, it's a no brainer. You just have to, uh, like I said, it's hard enough being full-time part-time is, yeah. you know, you're just basically hoping for that one deal a year, I guess. Right. Right. Um, so sometimes I have some, uh, some listeners that might want to reach out to the guests that I bring on, or maybe they, um, have somebody in the SoCal market that might be looking to buy, or maybe they just want to pick your brain to, um, get some more, more insight onto the industry. Uh, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram as sold by Gabe P. Um, DM me anything, any questions you may have, or if you really want to contact me regarding, you know, real estate, if you're looking to relocate to California or anything like that, my phone number is 562-409-4399. Um, and also if you have any questions or anything, just, you know, getting started, I get agents asking me all the time, um, kind of like you said, just how to get started. And I have no issue just kind of explaining it to me, kind of paying it forward. I'm, I'm like, kind of like you said, not to keep the combo keep going, but, uh, are you good? I'm really definitely trying to pay it, pay it forward, man. Cause I had a lot of people help me to get where I'm at right now. So whenever I get a new agent that comes into my office and cause the broker knows I'm like, I'm like one of the younger ones here, maybe even mm -hmm. the youngest guy in my office. So whenever a younger agent comes in, my broker always like introduces me to them because um, somebody more relatable to them. So if mm -hmm. they, if they ever have any questions, I have no issues answering them or helping them out. Free game. Thanks for tapping into another episode free of the free game Friday podcast. If you haven't already, please like this episode, subscribe to our podcast free and game. share it with a friend. Thanks. Be blessed. Catch y'all next free week. Game. Free game. It's free game.